0: Hump day. you are listening to the gary gatehouse radio show that's
1: right darling you're listening to the gary gatehouse radio show wednesday edition hump day in america hump day in the free world let's get rocking and rolling here you know ladies and gentlemen i've talked many times about america's thirst america's hunger for the truth the truth from their government. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, our government has a hard time telling us the truth. Has a hard time doing it without spinning to make it sound better for them or look better or whatever, propaganda, misinformation, disinformation inserted. When was the last time we ever got the truth, the straight skinny, as we military folks call it, from our government? Not very many times. It's always stretched. It's always massaged. It's never just the truth. But you know, here in America today, we Americans, for the most part, not all of us, but most of us, the majority, I dare say, don't live in a world where truth means anything. Truth means absolutely nothing to most Americans today. What they hear from the news media, mainstream media, is news, it started out as news and the truth, but when it gets to the airways, be it television or radio, or printed matter, or Hollywood, that truth somehow is stretched, left, right, up and down, forwards and backwards, and it comes out something completely different than what the truth started on any given issue or any given circumstance that occurs either here in the United States or worldwide. It's massaged before it is reported or presented to us, the American people. Consequently, the majority of American people today, who for the most part don't have any common sense, let the government and let the media make their decisions form on what they should and should not hear. They don't want to take the time to analyze what they hear and place a lot of emphasis as, oh yeah, that is the truth. Yeah, I've checked this out. Oh no, this is not the truth. The, the the media says it isn't. NBC says this is what it is. When actually, all it is is a talking point from the Communist Democrat Party or some other left-wing organization or coming from the leadership of those guys hiding under their desk, the so-called leaders of the Republican Party. Now there's a guy out out there that just dis- produced a new book, This just made a, uh, wrote a new book. His name is David Kupelin, K-U-P-E-L-I-A-N. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, David. And the name of his book is titled The Snapping of the American Mind. Now, David goes on to say it's not much of an exaggeration to say that in today's America, tens of millions of people are living in a delusional dream state. He goes on and explains that statement. Even our everyday terminology is fantastical and dreamlike, seemingly designed to obscure our reality. For example, in politics, he goes on to say, and culture, we speak casually of the left and the right as though these were two morally equivalent camps or worldviews, but in reality, as he says he documents in the book, the socialist Marxist ideology that has captivated captivated today's Democrat Party is at war with reason, human nature, common sense, history and truth. Indeed, at a war with God and his laws, and if you look a little bit further, as Gary Gatehouse talking, at war with the American people. Now, David goes on to claim The far left cannot operate without violating the Ten Commandments. Leftist radicals, he says, continually elevate and excuse murder, abortion, adultery, sexual liberation, stealing, wealth redistribution, lying, deceiving Americans as to the real intentions and covetousness Churchill called socialism the gospel of envy, thereby wiping out. Commandments 6, seven, eight, nine, and 10 in all in the guise of championing freedom, justice, and equality. My God. David, you've hit the nail right on the head. When you tie the Christian religion to the communist left, you have hit the nail on the head. Let me repeat what he said about the leftist radicals and how they operate without violating the Ten Commandments or how they cannot operate without violating the Ten Commandments of our Lord and Savior. Leftist radicals, he says, continually elevate and excuse murder, abortion, adultery, sexual liberation, as they call it, stealing, wealth redistribution, as the left calls it. Lying, deceiving Americans as to their real intentions as is, it, as, as it falls out. That's the way it happens. That's the way they look at it. The left looks at it. They're lying, but as Hillary says and the mainstream media says, she's not lying. She just, she dismissed speaking. She made a mistake. It's not lying. You know, Churchill called socialism the gospel of envy. And as David said, thereby wiping out commandments, as we discovered, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, all in the guise of championing freedom, justice, and equality. But you know, David said for the, the problem for the rest of us is that the political and cultural left that dominate today's America is driving millions and millions of unsuspecting Americans completely over the edge into depression, family breakdown, debauchery, mental illness, violence, addiction, and worse. Now, in his book, The Snapping of the American Mind, exhaustively documents this stunning correlation. And David goes on to say, Fortunately, the better we understand the madness that has captured us, both as a nation and as individuals, the more clear becomes our escape route back to the God-blessed land we once knew and would know again if we could find the way back. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, this man, David Copulin, Vice President and Managing Editor of WorldNet Daily and Editor of the Whistleblower Magazine, is the author of two other influential books, The Marketing of Evil and his sequel, How Evil Works. This man, in his latest, has laid it out for us here in America. He's a compelling writer. And the way he presents the narrative of what's happened to our political psyche Our spiritual psyche, all of it, is really compelling. It's a page-turner. I really urge you all to get this book. That was the words coming out of the mouth of Laura Ingram. She added, some people may think, oh, I already know all this stuff. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Why do I need to read it? Because you need to know the way out. And we need to help each other, said Laura. Laura. You know folks, the Gary Gatehouse radio show has been preaching conservatism, the gospel love, warning the American people about all that David Kaplan has laid out in his book. I've been doing this since 2007. Long came, comes David Kaplan, who has a, natural, a, a national audience, a writer, and he puts this book out, The Snapping of the American Mind which again chronicles the decline and fall of America and shows that it is no accident but rather a direct result of progressive misrule. An eye-opening, scary, galvanizing book. Denise de Socia said that. It's an era when Our Nations to Christian Foundation is coming under increasingly open and brutal attacks. Cuperland's powerful and redemptive book couldn't have been come at a better time. David Barton, historian, author, and founder of Wall Builders. I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, you get that book and read it. And you can find it up on World Net Daily, I guess. Or you can probably find it at uh, some of the book outlets on the internet. I'm going out and buy it tomorrow I have got to read this book it's definitely a mind opener for all of you that have been to sleep based on what I've read so far the people who have read it it's a mind opening experience as one uh, wrote that read the book ladies and gentlemen of America You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition. We'll be back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
2: Welcome to the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Mrs. Schlafly is founder and CEO of Ego Forum, a leading force in the pro-family movement since 1972. And now, here's Mrs. Schlafly.
3: Governor Greg Abbott of Texas made the bold move of appointing a homeschooling mom to chair the Texas Board of Education. Donna Bohorich taught her three children from her Houston home from kindergarten through eighth grade. The kids must have learned something because they went on to a private high school and one became a National Merit Scholar. Now they're all engineers, one petroleum, another chemical, and the third mechanical. But Mrs. Bohorich's appointment has offended the education establishment, who claim that she lacks the credential of having taught in a public school. Texas board member Thomas Radcliffe, a fellow Republican, said that the public school isn't for everybody. But when 94% of our students in Texas attend public schools, I think it ought to be a baseline requirement that the chair of the State Board of Education have at least some experience in that realm as a parent or a teacher or something. What Mr. Radcliffe does not seem to realize is that Mrs. Bohorich has been named to chair the Board of Education, not the Board of Public Schools. The question for state policy should be whether kids learn, not where they do it. Even Mr. Radcliffe has now admitted his earlier criticism was a temper tantrum and said the Board's new chair is doing a great job. Mrs. Bohorich is not a rookie. She served on the Texas Board of Education since the citizens of School District 6 elected her back in 2012. As chair, she will serve with 14 other members, so the board already has plenty of voices who can represent traditional public schools. One reason homeschooling has become so popular across America is that so many public schools have failed to educate so many students. I certainly think that public education could stand more non-traditional voices. The influence of a homeschooling mom with experience in non-traditional education may be just what the students of Texas need to improve their school system.
2: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. As a parent, are your core values being threatened by the local school district? Do you feel called to protect your own children and be an advocate for your community? At eagleforum.org, enter the blog with Phyllis Schlafly and you'll be informed and equipped to make a difference. That's at eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com.
0: Every day, nearly 4,000 unborn children are denied life and love. National Right to Life is working to change that. For more than 30 years, National Right to Life has worked through education and legislation to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to share their love, their gifts, and their talents with the world. Our work now is more critical than ever. Respect for life is being attacked on all fronts and at all stages, from the tiniest unborn child to the medically dependent and disabled, to our elderly citizens. It is the support of our members, pro-life men and women from across the country, that helps to advance our cause. Join with National Right to Life and countless other pro-life men and women and make a unified stand for life. This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, www.nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org.
2: The American Heart Association presents Mon and Polly, the Better Fat Sisters.
4: Mon, what's cooking? I'm famished. Here you are, Polly, my latest culinary creation. Mmm, these fish fillets look wonderful. Mon, I usually don't eat fried food. All that fat, you know. It's okay, they're grilled, and I use just a bit of a vegetable oil that's low in saturated fat. Does that really matter? It does. Oils like canola, corn, and olive mainly contain monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, and they can help reduce bad cholesterol in your blood and lower your risk of heart disease and stroke.
5: Did Mother tell you this? The
4: American Heart Association told me. I found the recipe at heart.org slash face the fats. Are we going to eat or just talk about food? Look who's talking. I'm Mon. And I'm Polly. We're We're the the Better better fat Fat Sisters. For more heart-healthy recipes, visit us at heart.org slash fats.
2: Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Good news. Fewer adults are smoking cigarettes than ever before. No matter how long you've been smoking or how old you are, it's never too late to quit. Almost immediately, you'll breathe better and your circulation will improve. You'll also be able to recover from illness and injury faster. Each day, your tobacco-free reduces your risk for conditions such as heart disease and stroke. For more information on quitting, talk to your health professional or call the National Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Take the first step to a healthier life.
1: All right, all
2: you liberals out
1: there, it's time for your yoga classes. So we begin. Take your right arm and stretch it over your left side. Oh, God. God, that hurts! Alright, take your left arm and stretch it over your right side. Whoa! God! Okay, now take your right leg and stretch it over your neck. Really? Yes, just do it.
6: Whoa! I can't do it.
1: Here, I'll help you.
6: Oh, God!
1: My, you're getting more limber by the second.
6: Oh, really?
1: Yes, you are. Now take your left leg and stretch it over your right shoulder.
6: Uh, here, on. I need some help.
1: Okay, I'll help you. Okay, Harry, how do you feel now?
6: I don't feel very good. I feel like a pretzel.
1: Should I call in Nancy and maybe she can help untangle you? Uh,
6: yeah, get her. Or get
1: Durbin or somebody. Chucky Reed knows how to do the best way. Oh, Chuck! Ah. God, I feel like a human being again. (sighs) And that was presented to you by the liberal left, teaching you how to stretch yourself in all kinds of situations and feel good about it. This has been presented to you by the Communist Democrat Party. The party who knows how to stretch the truth completely out of the way. (laughs) You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition Hump Day in America. We'll be right back.
7: Thank you for calling the International PMS Crisis Hotline. All of our counselors are occupied at the moment. We want to help, so please leave your name and number after the beep
6: or we'll rip
3: your head off
6: and shove it right up your
2: ass. There's no one here but Smith,
6: Wesson, and me. So go ahead, make my day.
5: You know what? That makes me
6: mad. You better say a prayer you believe in harmony i'm gonna blow you ready to
3: get there's something school you want here
1: Man, that sounds like a closed-door session of the Communist Democrat Party, talking about how they're going after the Democrats who don't sign on with their Communist ideology. (laughs) You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World. Man, what a day. A lot of people around today for some reason. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was reading an article about a male student over in Great Britain, a young dude, and he was going to school over there at the University of Warwick. And as I like to say, just another day in British academia. Now this guy, this dude, this young British guy, this young bloke, revolts. And boycotts a sex consent class. And he says, The biggest insult I've ever received in, good, in a good few years. Now at this school, London Independent reported, a newspaper reported, a student at the University of Warwick has divided opinion online after speaking out against being invited to sex consent training lessons. A movie says was the biggest insult I've ever received in a good few years. Now, the bloke went on to say, and writing online, the tab, it's a publication of, this, of the college, I guess. And he's a political and sociology student. His name is George Lawler. And he wrote and described how he was excited to receive an invite to what he thought was a social event, but says his crushing disappointment quickly melted away to be overcome by his anger when he realized he was being invited to, having knowledge acknowledged how people should only interact with mutual agreement, consent, if you will, sexual consent. And he went on to say, he still found the invitation to be loathsome, adding, and I quote, It implies I have an insufficient understanding of what does and does not constitute consent, and that's incredibly hurtful. I can't stress that enough, he said. Now, the communications secretary for Warwick's conservative association continued how he felt. He was taking the wrong side by speaking out and continued. But someone has to say it. I don't have to be taught to not be a rapist. That much comes naturally to me as a human being, as ai am sure it does to the overwhelming majority of people you and I know. Brand me a bigot? A rape? Apologist? I don't care. I stand by that, he said. However, the student's piece didn't go down well with a lot of people who took to Twitter to blast him for his outlook with one male user writing, and I say this again, a male user wrote, George Lawler, you are a effing idiot and your article is offensive to women and embarrassment to men. And you know when the tweets didn't stop there, they just piled on to George Lawler for speaking his mind. But you see, um, uh, people of America, people of Great Britain, people of Europe, if you have your own mind, your own thoughts, on any given subject, any given issue, regardless if you're in the government, if you're just an uh, an average bloke, you go to college, whatever, if you speak out against the socialist Marxist communist left, your words are offensive to them because the truth hurts and they don't want to hear it, so they pile on. They come after you. They tell you, like here in America, that freedom of speech only counts if you side with the left. If you don't side with the left, you speak out against them, freedom stops. of speech stops at your door. It goes no further. Keep your effing mouth shut, they would tell you. My way or the high, highway, as I've put it for many years on my show when it comes to the left, is not only just exclusively an American thing, it's a free world thing when it comes to socialism, communism, progressivism. If you don't agree with them, shut the hell up. My way or the highway, says the left. And these feminists have put this damn thing together, as a male, I find that very offensive as well. And I don't even live in England. They're saying two males. You don't. I ha- You don't have the gray matter. You don't have the upbringing or moral standing to understand when consent is either given or not given. What do you have to do? Ray, Ray, uh, uh, take out a damn book. Take out a damn book. That the left gives you and tells you all the instances when the girl says this or that. Oh, yeah, that means consent. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, no, that doesn't mean consent. Uh, Johnny, you can take my top off now. You can take my shoes off. Oh, stop there. Consent? No consent? You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's getting absolutely out of hand. The political correctness, the stupidity of the human race driven by the communist socialist left using all the tools of the trade of the left. Homophobia. Homosexuality phobia. Consent phobia. Just put a phobia on the end of it. Whatever the issue is. That's the left way of looking at it. You know folks, you send your kids to school. You send them off to college. You hock the house. You hock the car. You work double overtime to put enough money in the bag to send little Jimmy or Julie or whatever the case may be off to college or university, whether it be here in America, whether it be in the United Kingdom, wherever. And you send them there and say, yeah, my son son goes to the University of Massachusetts. My daughter goes to the University of Indiana. My son goes to Warwick University, England. And they're getting one hell of a good education. Really? Are they really? You know, as Gary Gatehouse likes to call it, it's not education anymore. It's not education anymore. It's indoctrination. It's indoctrination to what you can and cannot say. It's indoctrination into socialism. It's indoctrination into what you as an individual... Can and cannot say or do unless you have the blessing of the left. And the left gives you the, all the right periodicals and uh, books and stuff to read that will lead you down the path to where they know best. You're not sending your children off to get an education. You're not paying big dollars in these big colleges to get your kids an education. That's a lie. You're being used. That over-the-top money that they charge the day for tuition, it goes in the pockets of the university administrators, the college, the resident college comp- uh, communist professors. And what do you get in return? Little Johnny or Mary or Julie or whatever the case may be, come waltzing out of that uh, communist Taught organization they call college. Come out of there after four years holding a sheepskin up, as they used to call it, a piece of paper that says, "My little Johnny graduated from the University of Massachusetts. He's a smart dude now." Really? In what respect is he smart? Can he find New Delhi, India, on the global map? Hell, no. Probably not. Has he any idea what the government of the United States or other respective countries are made up of, how they operate? Does he have any idea what the three branches of government in the United States are? Hell no, probably not. But he can tell you everything about Karl Marx. He can tell you everything about how to put a condom on a cucumber properly. He can tell you everything about the 45-page book he has on consent when and where and how not to do and to do and how to identify it when it comes to girls or men he can tell you everything about transgenders and what their movement is and how we should respect them and all this other crap yeah he can tell you all about that but when it comes to a real education old Johnny's left at the door That four-year college degree he has, hell, it ain't even equivalent to a high school degree kids got back in the 1930s and 40s. Now, in past shows, I have went over a teaching manual that a teacher used back in the old days of the one-room schoolhouse, back in the 19, all the way up into the 1930s, when the teacher not only taught First grade, but probably some of them even taught all the way through the seventh. Grammar school. There were questions in there that these kids have, uh, in college graduate form would not even begin to know the answers to. But these kids back in the 30s and 40s, it was part of the curriculum. They had to know it in the seventh and eighth grade. You now, when you look at back at World War Two. And you look at all the great leaders that come out of not only the United States but came out of Great Britain. Where did they get their education? They got it from teachers, not change agents. They could find maps, uh, cities on maps that were not well known to them other than what they were taught. Well, uh, President Eisenhower, do you know where... uh, Brindisi, Italy is. yeah, it's right down over here. We're going to send some men up there. At the time he wasn't president, of course he was a general. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's just a indicative. It this shows how dumbed down America is. It's indicative on what our kids are not being taught and should be taught, but they're not. And it's all by design. It's all by design to dumb our kids down to nothing but quibbling, trembling cowards. And as they say down here in Texas, couldn't find their ass with both hands. All you folks up on the East Coast, I'll give you some time to figure that out. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Wednesday edition. You know, before I go, (laughs) I was talking to a guy not more than three days ago. I'd stopped to pick up some bread and some milk at a local mom-and-pop store, and he was in there, and he was looking around at magazines. And he was looking at some magazine, I forget what it was, something about trucks. And I happened to notice, and I looked at it, and, And there was a picture of a truck on there. It was a Japanese truck. And I said, man, that's a pretty good-looking truck. He kind of looked at me. He looked at me and said, yeah, it is. He said, the only problem is it's made in Japan. I said, no, it's not made in Japan, man. It's made right down the road from where you live, probably, here in San Antonio. It's not made in Japan. He said, you know, you're probably right. And he says, I wonder why... All these foreign country uh, companies bring their car manufacturers over here and manufacture them here in the United States. And I said, well, the big reason is, this is me, Gary Gatehouse, kind of musing over the question he asked. I said, the re- real reason, I think, is that the fact that we here in America, we have a lot of resources. We have the biggest electrical grid. We have the biggest transportation resources in the world when it comes to moving things from one place to another. We have the biggest access to any any uh, company that you need to build your truck with as far as, uh, I don't know, rear view mirrors, whatever. There are people here build stuff like that. I said, but the main reason they come here, and this is, again, this is me thinking is because there's freedom here in the United States. All these people that bring their trucks, manufacturing companies here, and car manufacturing companies here, they realize that we have a constitution. They realize that we have freedoms laid out that nobody, as they assume, and as most Americans assume, cannot be taken away from us. So that's why they relocate here. Plus, they have a workforce in the United States that is not equivalent to any other workforce in the world as far as hard work and people who want to get the job done right. He said, you know, I never thought about that, but you're probably right. And I said, well, you know, I think about those kinds of things all the time. Just what is America? What makes America go? And I told him, I said, I'm sorry for being up on my soapbox, and uh, it sounds like I'm probably preaching a gospel or something. You know, he says, no, he says, I'm enjoying listening to you. Go on, he says, I haven't heard anybody speaking those terms for a long time. And I said, well, you know, and I know, we're both Americans. I said, and he was a a Caucasian guy, he was a white guy, and I said, I assume your uh, ancestors came from Europe, and he said, yeah, they did. My ancestors came from Scotland, and some came from Germany, and so on. And I said, yeah, it's the same way with me. I said, the majority of people in the United States, the majority ancestors did come from Europe. And they settled this land, and they, uh, they rolled up their sleeves, and, and they, they cleared this land, and they built this country up to what it is, the most powerful country in the world. And I said, it didn't happen overnight. He said, yeah, I agree, it didn't. It took a long time. I said, yeah, it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears when in building this country. And I said, one more thing before I leave. I've got to go. We both agree America's the most great, biggest, and best, and most, I don't know, loved country in the world when it comes to its people that live here. And he said, yeah, I agree with that for the most part. I said, but there's one thing wrong with America today. And he says, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll stop and let you tell me where I'm going. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I've been wanting to say this for a long time to somebody because the majority of people in my family are liberals. majority of people in my family are Democrats. And I'm a, re, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool conservative which votes Republican 99% of the time. He says, I served in the military, and that's where I got my conservatism and real love of country and appreciation for what we got. And I said, amen, brother. Amen, I served in Vietnam. And the man was younger than me, he says, I served in Desert Storm and then moved on to serve in Iraq in three combat tours. And I said, well, welcome home, brother. But carry on with what you were going to say. He said, our country is the greatest country on the face of the earth. You and I know it. But there are people in this country, and he said, I'm afraid it's a majority of folks in this country don't appreciate what this country offers them. They practice it every day. It's like seeing a, a tree for the forest or a forest for the trees. They do not understand all of the people that have left in the past that have built this country and fought and died for this country. And all those people that are continuing to do that. Most Americans take all that for granted. And I said, my God, man. You're right. That's exactly what I would have said. And he said, one last thing. Uh, I don't know who you are. I don't even know your first name. I introduced myself. and He introduced himself. Uh, gave me his business card. And I looked at his business card and I said, oh, you own a mom and pop store, what kind what all do you do? And he said, Oh, it's hardware, it's a little bit of everything. So it's been in my family for years. Stop by sometime if you get a chance. And said, Oh, I will. And I said again, it's been very nice talking to a fellow patriot. One who has been there and done that, just like myself and millions of others. Of all those men and, men and women out there, that down through the ages, that have rolled their sleeves up, done what had to be done cleared this country, pioneered this country, built it into the strongest, most beautiful, most wonderful, and the most powerful country on the face of the earth. But us folks, us patriots, we know who's responsible for all that and, and who carries it on today. We know that. And we also know that we have a huge enemy facing us inside our borders, that threatens the very way of life Americans have enjoyed since its inception. And that enemy has grown larger every day. And that enemy is not some enemy that planted itself here years ago and grown. These are homegrown enemies of the American way of life. These are enemies that call themselves congressmen And Senators. And at the present time, Mr. President. These are not true Americans. These Americans, as they call themselves, who call themselves Senators and Representatives, who go against we the people on such issues as the amnesty, trying to stuff it down our throat. And we keep saying, no, we don't want it. Over 80% of us. No, we don't want it. We want these people out of here. We don't want Sharia law. We don't want Islam here. Yet these people, they were born and raised inside our borders, less one I'd say, are enemies of we the people. Because you see, they don't listen to us. They listen to everybody but us. The very people that sent them to inside the beltway, that congressional cartel that we used to call Congress. Congress. They listen to everybody but we the people. They've turned their backs on us. They've turned their backs on us. We know it. we finally come awake and know it now. We hear them every day talk all the smoke and blow it up America's backside on how great they are and what they're going to do for America and how they've got to do this and got to do that. And it's all lies. It's all hyperbole. It's all the same old crap they've been spewing out of their mouth for decades. And America, for the most part, I hope, has caught on, finally caught on to it. But there is a shining light that's coming onto the radar. A person that has told the truth, is telling the truth, is shining the light of truth on these enemies of the state. And his name is Donald Trump and his sidekick or a guy just like him out there with him that is doing the same thing, Mr. Ted Cruz, and another, another person, Mr. Ben Carson, those three amigos are telling America the truth and illustrating the truth in such a way that we all understand it. They're showing us what these people are doing to us. They're warning us every day. The media doesn't know what to do about these three. In the past, they've always been uh, able to brush it off, cover it up, twist it, spin it. When somebody like Trump or somebody like Cruz or Carson says something, they can't do it anymore. You've got internet radio. You've got internet blogs. You've got people like you and me They take it upon ourselves to make sure what they say gets out to the right people. The truth will set you free. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio, United Kingdom International and Freedom in America. US. We'll be back after a few short messages.
8: Service men and women are coming home bearing the physical and emotional wounds of war. The trauma of combat is magnified by the loss of buddies, separation from loved ones, and the stress of multiple extended deployments. Anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and substance abuse often appear after the excitement of homecoming subsides. War wears on families as well. Seeking help is a sign of strength. Visit HealthyMinds.org to learn more about military mental health from the American Psychiatric Association. (laughs)
1: Give a shout-out to all my mates over there in London. I hope you're having a great Wednesday. Hanging around at the pubs. (laughs) Where are you folks up in Canada? I see you... uh, Elected, or however the process goes, a new Liberal prime minister, Trudeau, huh? Is he cut of the old cloth, just like his old man? Most say he is. And I guess Canada has put its uh, all its hopes and dreams into one big old basket, hoping uh, Mr. Trudeau will. Uh, getting back on the right right road to liberalism and everything beyond that all you conservative folks up here in Canada I uh, don't know what to say except I'm so sorry you're going to be living under a liberal regime once again Justin Trudeau, yeah, the heartthrob, right? Kind of a, oh, I don't know, being compared to like his father was compared to John F. Kennedy. Trudeau mania, the architect of Canada's version of the Bill of Rights, Pierre Trudeau. You know, he's one of the few uh, Canadian politicians that is widely known here in America. Well, amongst some people, anyway. Just for you Americans, uh, aggrandizement and uh, being informed, Justin Trudeau is sometimes compared to another U.S. president who rose to power at a young age, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. God save Canada. Liberalism on the move in Canada. All you liberals here in the U.S., I don't know, I guess you're going to. Strike up some conversations with your fellow liberals up here in Canada now, I guess. before we go to five minute news break top the hour I would like to bring up a news headline that just came out yesterday talks about the second amendment second amendment the constitutional rights of we the people and we have a new champion a Mr. Donald Trump now Mr. Donald Trump as the headline says and I read down into the context or the body of the article says Trump hits hard at Obama's executive gun orders he says you hear this about this and about that about the second amendment Obama going to be taking away your guns your bullets just paraphrasing now Mr. Trump says not going to happen not going to happen Now, Donald Trump, who's leading the polls in the Republican presidential primary, well, hell, he took aim at President Obama's reported executive orders against the Second Amendment telling a South Carolina crowd that no way, no how would such crackdowns occur under his administration, Donald Trump's administration. He goes on to say, you know, the president is thinking about signing an executive order where he wants to take your guns away. And he said this during a rally in Anderson, South Carolina. Mr. Trump said this. He went on to say you hear about this. Not going to happen. That won't happen. I think that's a tough one for him to do, Donald Trump said. And he was referring to Obama's vow to to have his attorneys look for ways he could curb gun rights absent Congress. He's made that threat several times during his Presidency, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. has. But the latest came after the widely reported mass shooting at an Oregon community college. Donald Trump said, however, he said Obama's continued taking unilateral action is what really needs to be curbed. There's plenty of executive orders being signed, you know, you know that, Trump said. And we can't let that go on. Amen, Donald Trump. Amen, Donald Trump. Now, Mr. Trump, on this last Tuesday on CNN, doubled down on his claims, telling host Camarada, "Listen, Camarada, in my opinion, Obama is against the Second Amendment, and reminding he can't sign an executive order on immigration, but he did anyway." You see, folks, when I talk about somebody shining the light of truth on the left, shining the light of truth on the mainstream media, shining the light of truth on all the propaganda, misinformation, and disinformation that hits us, hits us, we the people right between the eyes, every day, 24-7, reported by the Pravda West media, as I call them, mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBN, CNN, Fox, New York Times, etc., Hollywood, There's three people on the radar screen with big, huge blips on that radar screen, political radar screen, that nobody can brush over. Nobody can deny their mouthpiece being spoken. Nobody can, and I'm including the MSM, mainstream media, can deny Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, us speaking the truth. But the mainstream media runs away from it. And that's where shows like the Gary Gatehouse radio show, freedominamericaradio.com radio station, freedominamerica.us radio station, Restoration Radio United Kingdom International radio station, the GAL network radio stations, internet radio stations, conservative blogs, conservative talk show host that's where we fill the void when the news media doesn't react to statements when the news media circles the wagons and covers and spins and rotates and stretches the truth to make it right just right for Obama and his minions the communist democrat party and the do nothing liberal people of the uh, communist left This is where talk radio, conservative talk, internet radio fills in. This is where conservative blogs fill in. We pick up the slack. We pick up and run with it. And re report it. What you just heard about Donald Trump, there's no spin. It's just exactly what he said. No spin from Gary Gatehouse. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America... I've said it once and I'll say it again. The conservative people of America, whether they be talk show hosts like myself, Mark Levine, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, radio stations like freedominamerica.com, Restoration Radio International, freedominamerica.us, GAL Networks, whatever. We are out there picking up the pieces, reassembling them after they've been stretched and massaged and twisted and turned by the left and the mainstream media. And we put those pieces back together and assemble them in the context of the truth as it was spoken from the person or person's mouth that uttered the words or printed the issue on paper or whatever the case may be. This is where talk radio Conservative talk radio is so important to we the people of the United States. You know, America has an international radio group. Radio Free America. And we broadcast to the world. And what do we broadcast to the world? Supposedly the truth. But actually we are broadcasting to the world the massage and the spun and the changing of any issue that happens in America, resurrecting all that the left wants the rest of the world to hear and injecting it into that issue broadcast via Radio Free America or Radio America. Broadcast as the truth. On conservative talk radio is where we the people will find the real truth and nothing but the truth so help us God we people who operate these radio stations and radio shows operate on Christian values we operate on moral values we operate on all those values that our parents taught us and brought us up with a lot of us are veterans of military wars a lot of us have served our country for X amount of years, retired, whatever, and graduated into talk radio. Taught ourselves. Taught ourselves how to operate all this equipment that we operate. Put our own commercials together. Put our own radio stations together. And we do it at the expense of our own billfold or purse not owing allegiance to anybody but the United States of America and we the people, and our families, of course. We don't owe allegiance to any commercial company, any other news outlet. Nobody has bought and paid for us. You will not hear a commercial radio, uh, commercial on my radio show. You won't hear any. They're all public service announcements. Every one of them. You know folks, before we go to break, I would like to take time out again as I always do at least once or twice a week and tell all you individuals out there that send me emails, big thumbs up. Thank every one of you. I really appreciate it. You keep the fire burning in my belly to get the real truth out. To all that will listen. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World.
3: You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5 Minute News break.
7: news radio i'm kathleen maloney wisconsin congressman paul ryan still unsure about running for speaker of the house the people we serve they do not feel
1: that we are delivering on the job that they hired us to do we have become the problem if my colleagues entrust me to be the speaker i want us to become the solution
7: Ryan saying he's just as happy to stay where he is on the Ways and Means Committee. He's out as a Democratic presidential candidate, but former Virginia Senator Jim Webb says he's not going away just yet.
5: How I remain as a voice will depend on what kind of support I'm shown in the coming weeks as I meet with people from all sides of America's political landscape and i intend to do that
7: Webb consistently trailing in the back of the democratic pack in the polls winds of change to the north
5: out
2: is conservative prime minister stephen harper in is justin trudeau the 43 year old liberal party scion of former canadian prime minister pierre trudeau canadians have spoken you want a government with a vision and an agenda for this country
8: that is positive and ambitious and hopeful
1: the United States and Canada already boast the world's strongest bilateral trade relationship. But analysts say Canadian support in the fight against ISIS will wane dramatically under Trudeau. And U.S.-Canadian energy policy could also see significant changes because, unlike his predecessor, Trudeau is not expected to fight for the Keystone XL pipeline.
7: Fox News Radio's Kevin Cork, a New York City police officer, shot tonight in East Harlem near a housing project. He was rushed to the hospital, condition unknown at this time, one suspect possibly also wounded, is in custody. And stocks end the day slightly lower, the Dow slipping 13 points. You're listening to Fox News Radio, Fair and Balanced.
8: Real experience, real insight.
2: We're following this explosive story.
8: Nothing gets by Greta. this is all bs what was that all about there's no spin and no question o'reilly dominates plus smart sharp and cutting edge
0: it's the news of the
3: day but with a little heat
8: megan delivers and sean seals the deal with fearless talk what part
3: of that are you understanding
8: most watched most trusted fox news channel There's more to Fox News Radio than meets the ear. Go behind the headlines and join the conversation on the hottest stories of the day on the Fox News Radio Facebook page. Be a part of the Fox News Radio Facebook fan community. Post comments and tell us your opinions. See behind-the-scenes photos and videos and post your reactions to the stories that matter to you. Click the like button on Facebook and connect with breaking news and features like Fox in the Fastlane, House Call for Help, and more. Go to Facebook.com slash Fox News Radio.
7: It's off to Europe and the East tomorrow for Secretary of State John Kerry. He'll try to calm the violence between Israel and the Palestinians. Kerry also has the tough task of convincing Russia's foreign minister to stop supporting the Assad regime in Syria cybersecurity on the agenda in the Senate. The Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act being discussed in the Senate is an attempt to get Internet and tech firms to share more information with the government. Supporters say it's meant to help stop all the hacks and breaches.
1: The bill provides a broad immunity for any company that shares information, email contents, potentially sensitive information about their users uh, with the government.
7: Electronic Frontier Foundation attorney Mark Jaycock says that kind of sharing already happens, and the government doesn't need more power. Power. Republican Senator Richard Burr says this reinforces defenses against adversaries we cannot see before there are more hacks. But Jaycock says the government should be focused on updating its security infrastructure and making sure files are encrypted. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News Radio. The U.S. Supreme Court moving in the direction of striking down the death penalty. Justice Antonin Scalia saying a move like that wouldn't surprise him signs of hope but a rough road ahead for lamar odom
0: former nba star lamar odom left the las vegas hospital and is now in los angeles although reports from his aunt's publicist say odom is on the men tmz is reporting one of his organs is in trouble his kidneys saying the former reality star is at cedars-sinai medical center in la where he will undergo six hours of dialysis and may eventually need a transplant the family said his estranged wife chloe kardashian his father and his two children are with him the statement says, quote, Lamar's continued improvement will not be easy. However, his unrelenting strength and faith in God will pull him through. Michelle Polino, Fox News Radio. The
7: Kansas City Royals take a three games to one lead in the ALCS, defeating the Toronto Blue Jays 14 to 2. Mets lead the Cubs 3 to 2. I'm Kathleen Maloney, Fox
6: News Radio.
3: Restoration Radio UK are proud to present the Secret Agent Man, Gary Gatehouse.
1: Welcome back to the second era of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Wednesday edition.
2: Well, Looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station.
1: Alright folks, it's time to load them up, get your packages, get your bags, get your butt on the gary gatehouse radio show love train rolling into europe club cars open cafeteria cars open entertainment cars open i'd like to give a shout out to all my mates over there in sweden and france and germany australia new zealand canada united states and all points north south east and west you're listening to the gary gatehouse radio show and you're riding on gary's love train You know, folks, I did a show here a couple of weeks ago, well, it's not even been a couple of weeks ago, about sanctuary cities and how they're popping up in my home state of Texas. Last one being real close to me. Pretty close to me, as Texans would say, about 35, 40 miles away from me, San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. Ran by left-wing, communist-touting, card-carrying communist. That's about the best I can put it. And they're getting themselves, they're jockeying, and they're getting all set up to bring San Antonio into a sanctuary city. Just what is a sanctuary city? What does that mean anyway? What are sanctuary cities, in the context of how they're perceived, how they're put together, how they're ran, in all these liberal cities and towns that declare themselves sanctuary cities, just what does that mean? Well, it means that these people that run these cities cherry-pick the laws, the federal laws that they want to enforce and the ones that they don't want to enforce. Now, the main crux of the whole matter is the main drive behind sanctuary cities owned and operated by the Communist Democrat Party and the mayors of those cities, the main drive is immigration. Immigration. Illegals. Aliens. Now the White House just recently warned Congress that President Obama would veto pending state legislation that would strip federal funding from the so-called sanctuary cities. I want you to hear what what uh, Harry Reid, Harry Reed, the leader of the minority in the Senate, had to say about this legislation that was going to be sent up to Obama's desk to sign it. And it was talking about sanctuary cities. That's what uh, the bill was all about. Have a listen to this.
4: States and communities, I'm told, and
1: have always believed the Republicans think they should have the ability to do things they think is appropriate. Any one of these states that my friend refers to Any one of these communities has a right at any time to change the law. This is not a federal law that they are trying to change. They're trying to change what is taking place in cities throughout the country. With
3: provisions in this bill, it's estimated that it would take huge prisons just to handle the people that would be arrested.
1: Huge prisons costing billions of dollars. It's not smart police policy. It's not smart budget policy. There you go, folks. Harry Reid told the American people, told we the people, that enforcing immigration law is not smart budgetary policy. It's not smart policy for we the people. He stood there and said that the folks that run these sanctuary cities, these mayors, have the right to break federal law, immigration law, anytime they see fit. Because running a city and in a state, they have state laws that they they can, I guess, enforce or not enforce. Federal laws they can enforce or not enforce. And then immigration laws and immigration directives do not come to play in sanctuary cities. And it's all about board. Because you see, they're saving us millions, billions of dollars by allowing illegals to reside in these sanctuary cities. Now, just to take you back in time just a little bit, sanctuary cities came under scrutiny this summer when a San Francisco woman, Kate Steil, was murdered by a convicted felon who was supposed to be deported and had been several times before. San Francisco, like more than... 200 at that time, it's more than 300 now, and other municipalities refuse to comply with federal immigration laws that require deportation of illegal aliens such as Steenil's killer. An illegal immigrant, Francisco Sanchez, was a convicted felon. But that doesn't matter. Hillary Clinton has committed felon upon felon upon felon. It don't make a matter to the left. It doesn't matter. What difference does it make? Francisco Sanchez was released from custody by law enforcement in San Francisco, a sanctuary city in April, despite a U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement order to hold him so he could again be deported. He had been charged with killing the 32-year-old Stanil. But the White House, mostly based on its opposition to the Senate bill on the idea that it is not a comprehensive Comprehensive Immigration Bill, favored by Democrats, the bill fails to offer comprehensive reforms needed to fix the nation's broken immigration laws and undermines current administration efforts to remove the most dangerous convicted criminals and to work collaboratively with state and local enforcement agencies. This is a statement that was released by the Office of Management and Budget. And said in a, sta- a statement of official policy by the regime this last Tuesday morning. Office of Management and Budget also said officials oppose the specifics of the bill, which they said would lead to a mistrust between federal and local law enforcement. Enforcing our federal laws on immigration would lead to a mistrust between federal and state and local enforcement. So says the the uh, agency that controls all of this, controlled by the Obama regime, of course, and the Democrat Communist Party. Now, Senate Democrats themselves are in a position to beat back the legislation. When a procedural vote is was scheduled, the Senate is going to, well, have to find 60 votes to advance the bill, but most of all, or all of the Senate's 46 Democrats are expected to vote against it. The Senate bill, like an unsuccessful House bill this summer, that would have denied Sanctuary City's federal law enforcement grants, is in response to Mr. Neal's shooting back in July 1st of this year. What Congress is saying, first of all, The House of Representatives is controlled by the Republican Party. The Senate is controlled by the Republican Party. But through procedural votes, etc., etc., that Harry Reid and his bunch have used to further their cause of socialism and communism and kissing the backside of illegals and Islamic people, etc., these bills will not be passed. They're dead on arrival. That says to me that the Republican Party, the House of Representatives, who controls the purse strings, can shut this all down by just saying you're not getting the money for whatever you want to run or control, you're not going to get it, period. But they don't have the balls to do it. Sure, it might shut down the government. That would be a blessing, but Republican leadership? They just don't have the balls. Don't have the backbone. They're all hiding under their desks. Sitting on their thumbs. Sucking the other. Then every couple hours switching thumbs. You know, ladies and gentlemen, in the first hour I talked about three individuals. Mr. Donald Trump, an entrepreneur. No way in hell at Uh, attached to the federal government in any way shape or form not a politician a successful entrepreneur Mr. Ted Cruz a politician a senator who by his own words and his own filibusters and his own stand with we the people has been put out and is a stepchild when it comes to the political process within his own party they don't want any part of him they've called him all kinds of names they pointed the finger at him And now you have President George W. Bush going after him. Shame on you, Mr. Bush. Shame on you. And the final guy, Ben Carson, successful pediatric neurosurgeon known throughout the world. These three individuals I call the three compadres, the three people who know what's going down and they are taking it upon themselves to tell the American people just what is happening in their government and what they're going to do about it if elected. You know ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all you veterans out there, all you active duty, all you folks that are patriots, I'm not talking to you sunshine patriots. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you people that blow smoke up on social media and think you've done your business and done your day and done the right thing by typing a few words. I, this is guilty. And I talked the other day about preaching to the choir. And even sometimes the choir, the word falls on their deaf ears. Even the choir sometimes take themselves as individuals as individuals who think that they have the right to dictate or say or what they want to say to and how on these social media outlets and present that as the truth, the word, whatever. And it might be, who knows. But I'm telling you right now, faced with the likes of Harry Reid, the Communist Democrat Party, the Do-Nothing, Republican leadership, the mainstream media, Hollywood, And the majority of American people who are nothing but dumbass dolts. We people who still understand what's going on. We people who still have gray matter between our ears. We people who still can, still love our country. Still understand the Constitution and all that it affords us. And we know where our country is and where it's headed. We're in a minority. I've said this many times. And if we do not support and stand up collectively for those people on the conservative side who are standing up front, taking the bullets, taking the hits, forking out the money to keep the truth going and support them in their endeavors, whether it be conservative talk radio at my level or whatever level, the likes of Donald Trump, Mr. Ted Cruz, Mr. Ben Carson, if we don't support the, all of this collectively, then what we're trying to achieve, taking back our country, is lost. It's lost. If we stand here and we're torn apart at the seams, segmented, and we don't come together as one voice, then we're lost. We are lost. Because, you see, the majority of American people do not listen, do not care. They have an attention, attention span of a couple of nanoseconds at the most. Most are dumbed down to the point that they, they don't understand what's going on in their, co- in their country, and they, if somebody hit them over the head and told them what was going on, they still wouldn't be able to be, process it and understand it. So the bottom line is, the bottom line is, the bottom line is, we the people is now a minority. We the people who speak the truth, who want the truth, who hunger for the truth, who long for the truth, have found champions that are speaking the truth. And like I said, whether it be talk show radio hosts such as myself and others at my level or people of like Rush Limbaugh at the national level or people like Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Ben Carson who are out there every day on the stump. Out there every day trying to convince the American people that their country's in dire straits. If we don't back those people, if we don't stand by them and support them, and help people like my show and other shows get the word out by telling people about such shows, when they're on, and etc. If some people on the right look down at shows like mine and say, well, hell, that damn Gary Gatehouse, he's a dumbass. He talks like a hick, talks like a Texan. He don't make two and two, he don't make any sense. He stutters, he does this. Ladies and gentlemen of America, I don't profess to be a talk show host as a uh, prominent or as a uh, uh, well-educated in all the ins and outs of doing a talk show like Rush Limbaugh or John Hannity or any of them. They've been in the business forever. I started on a rinky-dink 15-minute show back in 2007 and graduated to a two-hour show today, present time. It's a long process. It's a long process. But the bottom line is, before we go to break, the bottom line is this, my fellow patriots. Whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, sitting down talking to your friends around the water bottle, water fountain, whatever, uh, taking a coffee break at work, wherever you're at, in mixed company, whatever, with your parents, with your friends, and the state of the economy, the state of the country comes up, you better have the right answers. You better know what's going on. If you want to convince people outside, the people of the choir, you better have some words that they will understand or can latch on to. Because if you don't, you can talk to them till you're blue in the face and they are not going to listen. They are not going to listen. They have had socialism beat into their heads probably from grade school on and probably at home from their parents and their grandparents more likely. They're not going to be convinced overnight. They're not going to be convinced in a couple of years. It's going to be a long drawn out political moral, Christian, American, patriot process. Folks like Gary Gatehouse, folks like Mark Levine, folks like those folks I talked about all, all the time that only these internet radio stations my show is on, they are in for the long haul. And it's all coming out of our pocket money-wise. We don't ask anybody for anything except support. That is what we need more than anything is support. It's hard talking in front of a microphone every damn day to a microphone and a screen not seeing one of your faces out there. Never knowing who and how many and whatever I'm talking to. And that does not does not go for me. That goes for all of us in this business. Because you see we're sold on patriotism. We're sold on the Christian way. We're sold on a free America. We're sold on America being the greatest again, as it once was. We have some champions at the national level, three men, that are carrying the cause. And we've got to back them. We've got to support them. And all of us little entities out there that sit behind our microphones every day trying to get the word out and the truth, We ask for your support too. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages.
0: You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org.
5: One in 33 babies is born with a birth defect. But mothers-to-be can help give their babies a healthy start. This is registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with your Eating Right Minute. There are some simple steps women can take to prepare for a healthy pregnancy. Take 400 micrograms of folic acid each day. Don't smoke or drink alcohol and talk to your doctor about any vaccines or medications you take. Maintain a healthy weight gain during pregnancy and if you have diabetes, keep it under control. Remember, make regular visits to see your healthcare professional. For help choosing foods during your pregnancy and after baby is born, see a registered dietitian. Encouraging you to eat right, I'm registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. All right, all you guys and gals
1: out on the road today... Going to running away from whatever. This song's for you. So
4: broken heart. She said, "Mama, gotta go, gotta get out of here, gotta get out of town. Tired of hanging around. I gotta roll along between the ditches.
5: Just an ordinary story about
4: the way things go round and around. Nobody knows, but the highway." That old highway rolls on forever. Gary Gatehouse, radio show. Lord, she never would have done it if she hadn't got drunk. If she hadn't started running with a traveling man. If she hadn't started taking those crazy chances. She said, daughter, let me tell you about the traveling kind. everywhere he's going such a very short time. He'll be long gone before you know it. never have a when so
6: How you,
1: folks, out there in Nacogdoches? I know there's a whole slew of you running for something. Wherever you're going I hope you're going to get there in one piece
4: you ever see when really got when really got you folks down
1: there in Baton Rouge Louisiana and down there in New Orleans hope you're having a great day great Wednesday. Stop your running for a while, sit down and have a cold one, if you will. (laughs) folks you talk about a slick one you talk about a politician that has the song and dance routine down to a T you talk about a politician that can talk out of both sides of his mouth and smile at the same time well there's one out there that I'm uh, focusing in on zeroing in on and that would be Marco Rubio And he'd be doing a new version of his Gang of Eight Amnesty song and dance routine. Now, one time, Gary Gatehouse was a fan of Marco Rubio. I thought he was bright, articulate. I thought he was the new wave of conservatism. A guy that knew his own mind. A guy that spoke his own mind. And he knew where we, the people, stood on such things as amnesty to illegals but one day in the near past bam right between the eyes of Gary Gatehouse comes the gang of eight and who's standing up there rubbing elbows with the other seven gang members Marco Rubio Now, Marco Rubio's support for comprehensive immigration reform last two years ago, it still remains a major question, hovering over his presidential campaign, if you will. Even as he's cracked top-tier status in the grand old party, the good old progressive field, on Tuesday, the freshman senator's tightrope walk on the issue of amnesty continues when the Senate takes up a bill co-sponsored by Rubio and favored by the party's staunchest immigration opponents to crack down on so-called sanctuary cities. But Rubio attempts to explain his trajectory on immigration from chief GOP advocate of sweeping reform to largely disavowing that effort and now advocating an enforcement-first approach well, he's, a, he's drawing criticism from all sides. He's being very sloppy in the way he's answering questions, says Alfonso Aguilar, executive director of American Principles Project's Latino Partnership, which pushes conservative causes amongst Latinos. He's being very vague, said Alfonso, very vague Indeed. Now, immigration advocates who were Rubio's allies just two years ago are now threatening electoral retribution if he becomes a Republican nominee next year. To them, Rubio's pro-reform role in the 2013 immigration battle and his Latino heritage won't be enough to make up for his distancing himself from his chief legislative initiative. Among the hard-right critics of his immigration stances say Rubio's views have changed little in his campaign. The Florida senator still espouses positions on the high-octane issue that are largely unpopular with Republican primary voters. That being amnesty, we don't want it. At this point, there's very little. He's backed off said Alabama Senator Jeff Sins, uh, Sessions, one of Rubio's chief GOP nemesis, on immigration. On a series of issues, I don't think he's ever backed off the fundamentals of the bill, said Mr. Sessions. Rubio's complex history, ladies and gentlemen, complex history on immigration, will be back in the spotlight when the GOP-led Senate takes up the Sanctuary City's Major, which was spearheaded by Senator David Bitter, Republican from Louisiana, one of the most hardline opponents of loser immigration policies. Sanctuary cities are lo- localities that decline to cooperate, just for your information, that decline to, de- to cooperate with federal immigration authorities, believing their policies can invite racial profiling and harm local policing strategies. Well, when Representative Bitter rolled out the bill earlier this month, Rubio was one of, the, of more than a half-dozen Republicans that co-sponsored said bill. And you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, when you start talking about sanctuary cities like we addressed here earlier, whose form and whose not, you can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. Sanctuary cities are the modern city-states in America. They're their own countries within the confines and the boundaries of a county or a city where they they throw federal law out the window except for the ones that they want to enforce. They cherry-pick them. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Has anybody ever said that these sanctuary cities are actually city-states that have been put together by the Communist Democrat Party in support of illegal aliens? But you know, ladies and gentlemen, like Rubio, his song and dance routine is set up to dance around the issue, side in with chunks of an issue or legislation and some not. Depends on which way the wind's blowing. Like I said, sanctuary cities are localities that decline to cooperate with federal immigration authorities believing their policies can invite racial profiling and harm local uh, policing strategies. Congressman Vitter rolled up and rolled out the bill earlier this month dealing with sanctuary cities. And like I said, Rubio was more than a half dozen Republicans that co-sponsored that bill. The measure on the Senate floor would impose a five-year mandatory minimum prison sentence for some illegal aliens who repeatedly tried to enter the United States illegally. Representative Bitter and other conservative Senate Republicans... I said he is a representative a senator, such as Ted Cruz, have been on the attack against Sanctuary City since last July, when authorities say a Mexican immigrant in a country illegally shot and killed a young woman in San Francisco. Most Senate Democrats will vote to block it, Aiden said this last Monday. Understanding Rubio's immigration view requires grasping his position on both policy and procedure. Rubio has not disavowed his stance on immigration during his presidential campaign. No, he hasn't. He still supports bolstering security measures like more resources on the border and a mandatory employment verification system. He also wants to reform the immigration system for highly skilled workers, seeing it is an economic boom to the United States. Finally, he would would ultimately find a way for the 11 million plus illegal aliens that are in our country, more like 20 million, to obtain legal status. Amnesty. Just different words. Amnesty. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the only big difference between Rubio's views in 2013 versus Rubio views, Rubio's views 2015, is that he does not want to be pinned down on exactly when exactly legislation would begin. He wants to be what he is. He wants to be a member of the gang of eight and he wants to walk on the other side as well. He's not the only one in the, in the Senate. He's not the only one in Congress that works that way. The majority of them do. Do. But you know, probably of you, a lot of you who paid attention to the Gang of Eight probably didn't know that these Senate negotiators that wrote the Gang of Eight bill, they wrote it in a way that would allow Rubio to say there was no special path because other immigrants such as refugees who had already been in the United States could technically also qualify for that pathway to citizenship. Now, if you create a special pathway... You make it impossible to do anything on immigration, Rubio told CNBC this month. The argument you hear from people is, why should someone who came here illegally be able to access citizenship or a green card faster than someone who came here legally? That's the argument that Rubio presents. But you know, folks, Rubio's tactics... Have allowed him to play both sides of the immigration divide. Both sides. He's saying to donors and to Latinos that I am still a path for citizenship. Vote for me. I am still for immigration reform. Vote for me. But I've learned the hard way regarding a comprehensive bill. You know what, folks? It's very clever, it sounds reasonable. But for people who actually know what it takes to pass legislation, especially immigration reform legislation, it's so damn hollow. It has all the substances of, I don't know, Cheetos. This was a quote from a guy named Frank Sherry, a longtime immigration advocate who leads the left leaning pro reform group America's Voice. He even understands and recognizes that Rubio is playing both sides of the field, if you will. So all you folks out there that support Rubio and you put amnesty on the back burner because that's not something that you give a damn about. All you folks out there that are working diligently every day, some of you holding two and three jobs, paying for yourself, your wife, your kids, whatever the case may be, your house, your car, putting food on the table, clothes on your back, on your wife's back, on your kid's back, Just remember this. When you get your paycheck every week or every two weeks or however the hell you get paid, and you see your federal income tax taken out, that money goes directly to Congress. Congress controls that money. They divvy it out to whoever and whenever they damn well please. You have no say-so about it. Rubio is one of those individuals... Tied at the hip with the gang of eight who advocate supporting illegal aliens in this country. 20 million plus. And how are they supported? With your tax money. Your hard-earned tax money. It comes out of your bill folder purse. That little clean, neat little sports shirt that your boy wanted that might have a picture of their his favorite football team on it, but you can't afford it. That money that you should have had in your bill for to buy him that sports shirt went to support some damn illegal health care, education, housing, whatever. Do you understand that, America? Do you really get it? Or is it something that you just poo-poo and you just don't want to hear? It's some right-wing garbage that they're trying to put out there These illegals are only here for one reason, to further the cause of their livelihood and to find a job and support their children. Don't you have children to support? Don't you have a job that you're trying to keep? What if somebody from your office or somebody from your company said, Hey, Bill, we're paying you $18 an hour to do this job. We found Jose over here. He'll do it for 9 See you later, Bill. What would you do then? Would you automatically, immediately become an advocate of throwing all illegals out of the country? Hell yes, you would! Wake up, America. Wake the hell up, America. You're being used and abused by people like Rubio, the federal government. The Democrats and yes, the Republicans and the mainstream media. You're being used and abused. Next up, it's a Ricky Rasmussen report from South Africa, Our Voice, exclusively on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show.
9: Hi there to all of you listening in to the Gary Gatehouse Show. This is Ricky. With our voice from South Africa, it is a pleasure to share with you our stories again. There is so much happening here in South Africa that it is actually scary. The positive side of everything that happens and these talks and the Facebook groups, there is an awareness amongst the citizens of South Africa and also Europe and America about what is going on in South Africa and there is more and more activism to stop what is going on yet. The current turmoil in South Africa and worldwide need to be tackled boots and all. I realize this is not only a South African problem, I also listen to the world news and I see that Europe has the same problem with African migrants Streaming into their countries, and sooner than later, they will have the same problems as South Africa. To compile the information that I share with you is very difficult because so much happened, and I do not want to bore you with every single incident. So, what I do is I save information that I get and then I sift through them and decide what will be of use, and what will um, send out the message the best. I hope that it's not too boring, but I need your assistance as well. If you can send me an email to ricky at waboso.org. That's ricky, R-I-E-K-I-E, at W-E-B-O-S-O dot org. And tell me what it is that you want to know about South Africa, about its history, or anything in South Africa that you are not sure of or that you cannot easily find on Google or elsewhere. I will really try and assist and give you the information um, that you require. Our problems may be regarded as our problems And I realize that some people are not interested in it. But our problems, the problems of white people in South Africa, affects the entire South Africa and its economic viability. It also affects every foreign investor, every tourist, and it also affects Europe and America. No decent person could ignore our plight especially, as I said, where more and more African migrants swamp European countries. The fact is that the Africans cannot govern themselves. They cannot care for themselves. They infiltrate and they demand. And if you do not give, they take or destroy. So the issue is really an issue of humanity. And we have to look after each other. We have to look after humans and we have to look after our nature. If we do not do that, it will be really a sad state all over. This morning I had breakfast with friends at the Johannesburg Zoo Lake area at a restaurant which has a a large area outside where you can have your meals. And when I came there and I saw the beautiful surrounds, the lake, the animals, the people relaxing, the boats on the lake, the children running around and everyone having a peaceful breakfast and walking next to the lake with their children running around and doggies running around. I was thinking by myself, why can it not always be like that? It was so tranquil and it was so peaceful and so relaxing. And I know for you in America and in Europe, That is a common occurrence, but for us in South Africa, it is not. When you are in such a situation, you temporarily forget about the turmoil and the crime in South Africa. But you may be awakened with a bang when crime knocks on your door. And that is literally speaking, knock on your door, at your home, at your business, while you're traveling in your car and wherever you go. You can really say thank you if you go through a day without any crime or without any problems relating to service delivery and incompetence of mostly government departments. I'm going to share with you now factual incidences of crime, which will give you an impression of um, what we have to deal with on a daily basis. For this year alone, 12 farmers have been murdered on their farms and that is white farmers. It is almost two a month and I do not think any person can think that that is normal. It is not um, ordinary crimes, it is heinous crimes where the farmers are brutally attacked. In the latest farm murder incident in the Eastern Cape, Mrs. House eighty-eight years old, and her son Reuben House, sixty-five years old, was killed on Saturday. They were on their farm between Elliot and Indiwe in the Eastern Cape, when Reuben was overpowered when he went out to feed the chickens. He was stabbed and forced into the house. Mrs. House was strangled with her scarf and her hands were tied. There must have been a big fight because the entire house was full of blood. Three suspects, 22, 23 and 24, were arrested. The first suspect was arrested because he was noticed with, because he was covered full of blood and he had a weapon with him. And as a result of his arrest, the other two suspects were also arrested. They were found with three firearms and cash that was stolen on the farm. Ruben Goos was a principal at the local school in Ida and it is uh, believed that two of the suspects were former pupils at the school and two of them were arrested three months ago for murder of a farm worker and at the time of this incident on Saturday they were out on bail for that murder. Mrs. Goos lived on this farm for 60 years and after her husband died, her son came to live with her on the farm. Now the Eastern Cape is a beautiful area and I can believe that the living conditions on this farm was just tranquil and beautiful and peaceful. And now another family has been traumatized and another farm now lies unproductive. It is so sad. I read this remark on Facebook by Lee Oxley-DeBrie. This past month has been horrific. Up to date, 12 white South Africans have been brutally murdered and there is still not one word from our government. So here is my official statement. I, as a South African, strongly condemn these racist attacks on our people. I ask the United Nations... Genocide Watch, the United States of America, United Kingdom, Australia and Canada to please act. We are a peaceful, hard-working Christian people. All we want is to work, support our families and work our own land. My people are dying. We will no longer be silent. We will no longer be the victims. I urge all my friends in South Africa to put this up on your page as a sign of unity and share as far and wide as you can. Let it not die like our people have died. I can only say Amen and I can only hope that you people listen and that someone will help us. On the 4th of August, a waterfall pensioner was tied up, choked and gagged by a 34-year-old woman residing on her premises. This was a, this is a 68-year-old resident who lives in Waterfall area and he requested that her name not be mentioned as she feared reprisals. She was tortured for about two hours and she said that it began when the woman went into her house, went into her house to take a break from gardening and make a cup of coffee. She was severely beaten up by the accused she asked the accused if she could help her with something and the accused just replied that she was there to kill her. The suspect pushed the victim around until she fell to the ground. She pulled her to the bedroom where she tied her up at her arms and feet to the back and around her neck. She put a scarf in her mouth and gagged her and then she proceeded to kick her and jump on her. She then tried to strangle her and tried to pull her ear pipe to break it. The victim had to fight to keep her head down, and she thought that she was going to die. The suspect told her, "Today is your last day." Luckily, this old lady lived to tell the story, but she is severely traumatized and injured. On the 12th of August, Mr. Janse van Rensburg was killed in for Vereniging. The family recently moved to this new home in Three Rivers East and they were still moving some items across from their old house. Their son was at home as he was sick and robbers lifted their gate in the morning. The domestic worker immediately alerted Mr. and Mrs. van Rendsburg who both raced home in their respective vehicles to go and see what was wrong. Mr. von Rensberg was at home first, and when he arrived there, the robbers fired four shots, but nobody was hit. Mrs. von Rendsburg then also arrived. Both of them were forced to reverse. At the first stop, the robbers fired a further three shots. One bullet hit Mr. von Rendsburg in, the, in his upper body, He was airlifted to the hospital, but he died um, shortly after arrival at the hospital. On Saturday morning, a shop owner, Mr. Manuel Carrera, was killed in his shop in Cape Town. He was the owner of Broadway Confectionery, and apparently, the two suspects, posing as customers, entered the confectionery and with firearms, they forced the customers and staff to lie on the floor. One of the suspects ran around a display shelf to intercept a fleeing customer who was trying to hide behind a cake display counter. The suspect at gunpoint forced the fleeing customer to rejoin the other customers and staff in the table area on the floor. A third suspect entered the confectionery and forced the owner's son at gunpoint to hand over the money and to open the shop safes. These suspects robbed the customers and the staff of cell phones and wallets. And during this process, the owner, who was busy at the back of the shop, came to the front. And when he realized that there was a robbery, um, he tried to intervene, but he was confronted by a gun carrying suspect who shot Mr. Manuel in the face. He was taken to hospital, but he died from the gunshot wound in hospital. I live in the city of Rudipur and two incidents or three incidents need to be mentioned. Last week on Monday, a 67-year-old woman was found murdered in her house in Rudipur. She was half naked. She was full of bruises on her bed and it was believed that she may have been raped Nobody has been arrested as yet. Also last week, a pensioner, a male person and his wife was robbed at their house in Horizon Ruddapur. The woman came back from shopping and when she came home, she made a noise because of robbers accosting her. Her husband came out of the house to look what was going on. He shot at the robber and apparently I think the robber was Killed, or he was taken to hospital, but Mr. Schultz was also shot by the robber in his stomach. He was taken to hospital, and even though it appeared initially as if he would survive, he eventually also died as a result of the gunshot wounds. Now, these incidents both occurred in a radius of five kilometers from our house. I also have a radio system in my house where I get information from the crime in only my area and it is really reason for concern if one listened to what's going on around you. On the 13th of August, that was um, in Furtracker Road in Krugersdorp, which is about 8 kilometres from me, 5 armed robbers stormed into a Popular gym at about just after six in the evening. They fled with goods and gun and a gun. There were only three women at the time in the gym. The personal trainer was busy closing up the shop with two clients when the robbers stormed in and instructed them to lay on the floor. CCTV footage shows how the robbers take, took off the three hostages jewellery as they lay down on the ground with their hands above their heads. Now this is really scary people. If I take into account what I said earlier about the tranquil situation this morning at breakfast and here a business owner in his shop was killed. These people in their business were robbed. People in their houses were killed. I don't know where this is going to end. In Kenton Park in the Glenmarie area, a 20 year old man is recovering in the Tembisa hospital after he was hijacked and beaten up and tied to a tree on Saturday night. The young man couldn't tell the police how old he was or who he was after he was hijacked by three men on a road at about 8:45 in the evening driving his Chevrolet vehicle. The three males forced their way into the victim's car. They drove with him to a nearby felt where they assaulted him. He was put into the back of his car and they drove off with him to the corner of Monument and Quinning Roads in Murray. They again assaulted him and then tied him to a tree and drove off with his car. According to a security officer who was patrolling the area, he saw the victim and then took him to the hospital. ER ER-24 paramedics guessed him to be between 30 and 40 years, but they said it was hard to tell his age because his face was covered in blood and dirt from the ash on the ground and the sand. Now I'm asking you, if you are driving in your vehicle and they want your vehicle, why on earth is it necessary to assault you, to put you in the back of the car, to assault you again and then tie you to a tree? No human being with decency can do this to any other human being. Also on Saturday in Zerist, a lady went to do shopping at the Pick and Pay. She was standing in the queue to pay for her goods. In front of her there was one person or two people and then it was she. The lady in front of her was a black lady who indicated to her that she still need to get something else and will she just keep her place in the row for her. This lady, Miss Maria, agreed to do that, but she said by the time that the first woman was finished, the black lady was not back yet, and she proceeded to pay for her goods. While she was busy or packing out her stuff to pay for her stuff, the black lady arrived at the till and started threatening Mrs Maria by pointing her finger in her face, calling her a white bitch and that she does not belong here. She shouted at Mrs. Maria and slapped her in the face with an open hand. Mrs. Maria insisted on the manager to come and see what was happening there. And his response was, what can I do? Now that is also a common occurrence that white people, managers of shops, Or people in senior positions just refuse to do something about an assault or defamation or any criminal activity by blacks on whites. And the reason why they do that is the moment that you take on a black person about anything that they do, you are called racist if you are white. It is really a total unacceptable situation that we have to deal with. The Glen Vista Community Policing Forum also warned residents that for two weeks in a row they have experienced driveway robberies on Saturday afternoons. People returning home in the afternoons are being targeted by three black males who hold them up in the driveway and then stealing their cell phones and wallets. At least two of the men are armed with handguns and they are using a white golf or a white polo. Saturday afternoon, a resident in Glen Vista was robbed in his driveway in this fashion. Last week Saturday afternoon, a resident in another street was robbed with the same modus operandi. This information and the registration number and details of the suspected vehicle was given to the Mondia police a week ago already, but there was no feedback from them yet. Residents are warned to be aware of this threat. It is a pity that where the description of the vehicle is available, as well as the registration number, that the police have not been able to arrest these thugs by now. As a result of everything that I read on a daily basis and having read the uh, killing of the Broadway uh, shop owner and the two people on the farm in the Eastern Cape, I wrote this on Facebook and I will repeat it over and over again. Citizens of South Africa, wake up. South Africa is a criminal haven. Your life, your house, your business is worth nothing with these thugs having free rein? It is a one-sided war and innocent law-abiding citizens pay dearly. Get up. Arm yourself with any possible weapon. Learn to protect yourself and your property. Use your voice and shout out loud that this lawlessness must be stopped and vote this useless government out. Their own appointed Fulham judge said they have to make a plan with police commissioner Ria Pieja and still nothing has been done. Every department is in shambles. Service delivery is poor or non-existent. President Zuma and his cronies is so busy fighting for their own survival that they don't govern the country. Time has come for war against criminals. Law-abiding citizens must protect themselves. I hope that I may be able to bring about change with these talks, and with the appeal for help. Thank you, people, for listening. Have a wonderful week. Until next time.
1: Thank you, Ricky. That was Ricky from Our Voice, South Africa, a report that you can hear exclusively on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. We went a a little bit over today, as far as time goes, so we'll have to bid you a goodbye until Friday. Until then, this is Gary Gatehouse, wishing God's blessings on you and your family. Until Friday, this is Gary Gatehouse saying, Good day.